So Derek, how about that Halloween Whopper that just released? I can't even start to think about the Halloween Whopper. I'm still recuperating from that cactus plant adult Happy Meal over at McDonald's. Did you, you got one of those, didn't you? I did, and, and and you know that I got one because you were super jealous of me because <laughs> I got the four-eyed Grimace and you got the fucking Sour Patch Kid or whatever it was. Uh, I just wanted to hear it one more time. Just wanted to hear it one more time. Yeah, uh... <laughs> It was a one and done for me. I wasn't going to go back and try again because I'm telling you what, it's been like four years since I had any fast food and it fucked me right up. And I think I'm just going to wait to get fucked up again and the following week when we get our beloved McBoo pails again. That's right. A lot of fast food eating going on this October. I mean, like I always associate fast food with the Halloween season because it was just a quick way for my mom to pump food into us before we went out trick-or-treating. Like miles and miles of walking to get candy so i think over time i just have that association like happy meals fast food that's what you eat at halloween so i I do get nostalgic for it this time of year but absolutely uh, you know what else i get nostalgic for is when i was eating those happy meals i would always be plopped down in front of a tv with three quarters of my costume on and i'd be watching whatever halloween special happened to be on uh, fox kids that night boy what a segue (laughs) <laughs> oh my god did you like that <laughs> i did i did i really like that so kids i really poured my heart and soul into that man while you're out there enjoying your fucking disgusting mcdonald's food here's some recommendations to watch while you're <laughs> <laughs> while you're dying on the inside <laughs> so yeah uh tonight we're going to be talking about some of our favorite halloween specials both movies and tv episodes are on the table We got three picks each. Who's starting this one off? I guess I'll start, and before I do, I'm just going to say it straight up. No, The Adventures of Ronald McDonald's Scared Silly isn't one of my picks this evening because I think I've mentioned it on every episode since last Halloween, so you're welcome. But still watch that because it's a great episode. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. I told you I'd sneak it in. Gary Larson's The Far Side comes alive for the first time ever in a wild Halloween special. Gary Larson's Tales from the Far Side Wednesday. Meanwhile, back in Egypt. All right, Grimy. So for my first pick of the evening, I am going with an animated special. So McDonald's then. Yeah, right. Exactly. So scared (laughs) silly. No. (laughs) So you might remember from our last episode. No, our last last episode. The back to school special. Two episodes ago. When we started talking about the Scholastic Book Fairs, I used to buy, you know, a lot of comic books, Calvin and Hobbes. The other one that I really, really loved, the other comic at that point, was The Far Side. And I think I remember you saying you'd had, you've never read a Far Side comic? Had no idea it was even a comic book, had no clue. Do they actually do books or is it like a newspaper kind of thing or what's the deal? So much like Calvin and Hobbes, it was a a newspaper, I don't know if you want to call it syndicated, whatever it was. It was a newspaper strip that ran, I believe, every single day for probably the better part of 10 years and they eventually all got collected into books. And I'm like kind of shocked that you've never heard of The Far Side because they were like the big three back in the day. It was like Calvin and Hobbes, it was Dilbert, and it was The Far Side. Those were kind of like the three big ones. No Garfield? Well, Garfield's its own. Like <laughs> Garfield's never gone anywhere. You know what oh, I mean? Right. These are right. the three the three reigning kings that have either fallen off or they've since retired and you know, kind of made their way into obscurity. Right, the far side, though, because I'll, I'll break it down for you just a little bit. Um, just usually single panel gags uh, and a lot of visual humor. There's a very, very specific art style to, to Gary Larson. He was the artist. And a lot of times he would do animals. Cows okay. specifically were like his big thing. Okay. So all of this being said, as much as I loved the far side growing up, I had no idea that there was one, let alone two, animated TV specials. There's two. There's two, but I've only seen the first one. So that's what we're talking about tonight, the 1994 TV special, Tales from the Far Side. This is such an interesting pick, and a lot of people, including me, well, I obviously never watched it until you mentioned it to me, but uh, I feel like a lot of other people are going to be introduced to it right here, right now. Um, It's one that... 
I feel like is just kind of under the radar. So I'm, I'm really, really happy you picked this one. Me too, because like I said, I hadn't even heard of it. I didn't know about it until the beginning of this year when I was sort of suffering from the post-Halloween blues that we mm. all get kind of around January, February when nothing is happening oh yeah yeah uh so that's actually when you and i started thinking about halloween stuff for this year was literally at the start of the year dedication yeah exactly i stumbled across it at the time it was on youtube um can no longer watch it on youtube so i went out and bought the vhs tape at a very very exorbitant price uh, just so I could rewatch it until I found out that you can actually find this on archive.org thanks to the good people trying to preserve lost media like this. Very nice. So, I don't know. There's something about this special that's just, like, oddly comforting. It's not always 100% Halloween, and there's really not even a Halloween-specific scene to it. There's some plays on some old horror movies and horror tropes. Um, the whole start of the special, you you remember, is uh, a farmer at the beginning who's sort of playing the Frankenstein role, and he's creating a Franken-cow, uh, complete with his farm dog playing as the Igor character. And it's just, like I said, in that very unique, specific art style to that comic, and it's just uh, full of visual gags and treats, and there's just, there's not a lot of talking. But when you watch it, it just kind of screams Halloween to you. Right. And that was something I was going to ask you. Is this cow in any way, shape, or form the same art style that he would portray them in in, like, comic strips? 100%. That's exactly what they look like. That's cool. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about this is, like, it really is like watching the comic strip come to life. So, uh, for all my specials tonight, I kind of did this thing where I sat down and I was like, what night of the week does this special remind me of? And I know that that sounds really, really weird, but you're going to have to go with me. So I'll explain (laughs) right now. It's not weird at all. You've been playing around with those uh, left-handed cigarettes again there, Derek, or what? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, anybody who's been listening to the show knows that I'm just like really weird in particular about like when I'll watch things, right? I won't watch a, a... certain slasher series like friday the 13th any other time than the summer because it feels wrong to pop it on in halloween for for halloween time and it doesn't feel right to watch the shining if it's not a snowstorm outside so i'm just very particular about my settings and when i watch things and 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 that all affects my viewing experience so kind of going into like a micro version of that like like zooming in even further i was like this kind of makes sense to me because most tv specials came on on a certain night of the week obviously so like regardless of the night that they would have actually aired i'm just gonna say what night i feel like you should watch them should you choose to do so uh so this particular one this tales from the far side to me it's like a perfect thursday night halloween special like It's not quite the weekend. You're kind of over the week. You're not looking for anything that you really have to pay a lot of attention to or that's too deep. But I feel like I could see myself sitting in a daze after work, maybe about 730, 8 o'clock at night with a freshly baked warm oatmeal cookie in my hand watching this kind of dazing in and out of uh, consciousness. You know, like I might be ready to go off to dreamland, but not quite yet. (laughs) That's quite the picture you just painted there. So Tuesdays, it's tacos, and Thursdays, it's Tales from the Far Side and some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing if not an artist, okay? I'm painting a scene for you, grimy. <laughs> a, a masterpiece of epic proportions. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, uh, there's some really, really fun bits and gags in here. I love the uh, setup bit with the whole Frank and Cow. There's another one where it's bugs on a plane. And there's just, like I said, a lot of great visual gags. So the bugs on a plane bit, every person on the plane is a bug. The passengers and the flight attendants and the pilots, all bugs. So like one of the better visual gags is that uh, one of the bugs who's a flight attendant is going around offering in-flight snacks and he gets to a praying mantis and instead of the mantis taking the snack, he just bites the bug's head off. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just really dumb and, uh, I mean... 
there's another one where there's like this exploding kid gag where a kid's sleeping in a bed and there's monsters in a closet. Um, and it sounds really random. It makes sense when you actually watch it, but you can see where Monsters, Inc. might have gotten a little inspiration from this special. So I feel like it's definitely more far reaching than we realize. It just hasn't lasted, uh, you know, throughout the decades. So maybe one to bring back. Mm-hmm. I say check it out if you can find it. Archive.org, Tales from the Far Side. Tonight's episode of Family Matters is a little scary. So you might want to watch it with somebody brave. Don't worry, Uncle Steve. Yeah, man. We're here for you. Guys, can we turn on the lights? <laughs> All right, Derek, I'm going to start this one off with a TGIF staple back in the day, an episode of Family Matters, the episode entitled Dark and Stormy Night, which is from season six. It is episode seven, and it aired October 28th, 1994. Uh, Right off the bat, if you do want to watch this one, if you haven't watched it before, or if you just feel like revisiting it, I believe it's on HBO max right now uh yeah i'm pretty sure that's where it's at so if you want to watch it again check it out there can confirm that's where i watched it that's where you okay perfect perfect anyways a dark and stormy night so you did watch this one you said i did i actually marathoned all your specials last night while i sit here in my slightly sickened state which uh (laughs) not the worst way to spend a night when you're sick Right. So, when a Halloween night storm cancels trick-or-treating, Carl cheers up a disappointed Richie by playing Past the Ghost Story. Everyone takes turns telling a story about 19th century vampires licking their chops over the wayfaring Sir Stephen. So, just like it sounds, uh, the episode starts off in the Winslow's living room. And the house, in typical TGIF fashion, is... Just decked out like super Halloween, just fucking threw up in there. Uh, they have some pumpkins lit, lots of fake fall foliage kind of scattered throughout the house. Uh, there's a full-size cutout skeleton on the wall, those things that your uh, second-grade teacher used to pull out of her closet every once in a while. And the Winslows, they're all gathered together. They're all in costume. Eddie and Waldo, that's one of my favorite ones. They do the Siamese twin thing, and then... Uh, Laura's probably my favorite. She's Catwoman from Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder why she's your favorite. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. A very accurate Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman costume. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No other reason. I will say this episode made me laugh right off the bat, not because of any of the writing or the jokes. Okay. This is the only Halloween special that's come to mind where they, like, make sure... That every character enters the room separately, one at a time, specifically to show off their costume. It's it's funny that you mention that because it actually happens again in this episode later. But then also, it's a reoccurring thing that happens in like other episodes that are Halloween from fucking uh, Family Matters. Yeah, it's like the costume department that was part of their contract negotiations. Yeah. Like, fine, we'll take a slight pay cut, but you got to make sure that you show off our work every Halloween. Right, right. So anyways, uh, the Winslows, they're all gearing up to go out trick-or-treating, and it starts storming. So, of course, Richie's kind of upset. He can't go out trick-or-treating. He has to stay inside. So Carl decides it's a great idea to do a pass-the-ghost story. In this story, Carl and Harriet, they're playing Count Von Winslow and the Countess, two vampires that live in, obviously, a castle, of course. Um, the Winslows, they look amazing. Oh yeah. They got, they got like a little bit of a bouffant going on. Yeah, Um, definitely. And I, I definitely want to just draw a little attention before we get super into the actual ghost story portion. Um, right when he starts off telling the story while they're still in the living room, he does the classic trope of pulling out a flashlight. Oh yeah. And you're supposed to hold the flashlight under your chin to give yourself a little bit of eerie illumination. Yeah. This dude points a flashlight right at his fucking eyeballs. And we were <laughs> laughing about that. It's like he just lights up his whole face. It's like, yeah. well, I think you missed the point there a little very, bit, Carl. Very strange placement. Yeah. I don't really know what he was thinking. <laughs> just blinding himself. 
Fuck it. Who needs eyeballs for the ghost story? You know? Yeah, exactly. Now, to get back to the actual ghost story, again, like you said, we're getting all these costume reveals. And Carl walks down the stairs as Count Von Winslow. And I don't know about you, but the first impression I got was, oh, my God, he's Prince. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can kind of see that. Like the hairstyle. It, it's it's there. I completely get it. Oh, yeah. I get it. Uh, what did you think about the blood high-sea juice boxes? I liked the blood high-sea <laughs> juice boxes. It was a nice touch because, as, if, as anybody would know, if they grew up in that era, juice boxes were like all the rage. So it just yeah. made sense. Anyhow, like we were saying, they all come out and they do their uh, costume show off kind of thing. Well, this time it's not like the costumes. It just introduces each character one by one. And Eddie comes down. He's the typical rebel of the family. He doesn't want to be a vampire. He doesn't drink blood. He doesn't terrorize anyone. When he comes down the stairs, the first thing he reaches for is an apple. And he's basically like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I ain't no vampire. I'm not drinking that blood. Now, I just want to ask you, so what did you think Eddie's costume looked like? Let me let me look it up quick. Please, take a look. Just take a, a good, long look at Eddie's costume. What do I think he looks like here? Take a, take a good look at the, the coloring of his, his costume. The blue, yeah, we got the, the blue, orange. We got the orange vest here. He's got yeah. some, I don't even know what kind of pants. He's got like sea green slash blue pants. Uh, I don't know. What are you thinking he's looking like? He's got some crazy hair. Does he not look a touch like Goku? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's that's not where I thought you were going, but I I can see it now. He just just looks like Count Goku. Count Gokula? Perfect. So, Count Gokula comes down the stairs and grabs an apple. (laughs) So, anyways, Rachel, she eventually comes down the stairs, too, uh... Typical Rachel fashion, she all, all eyes on her, and she's like singing. She opens up the door and is singing out the door, and they don't like her singing, so they throw eggs at the door. Then there's the funny live heads that are, did you catch those? The little head statues that just kind of bobble around the whole time. They don't really say much, but they're they're there. Yeah, yeah, they're just hanging at the bottom of the stairs, just uh, instead of being statues, they're alive yeah. for some reason, a little yeah. enchanted. Very interesting. Then, of course, can't have a Family Matters episode without Urkel. Sir Stephen pops in after his buggy is out of commission and he stumbles upon these unbeknownst vampires in their castle. Now he's walking through the castle and they take him up to his room and he stumbles upon Laura who is chained to like a trick wall. It kind of spins around and there's Laura all chained up. She tells Urkel that the Von Winslows are actually vampires and he attempts to rescue her. So, you know, like I keep saying, it's a typical TGIF show. You know it's super campy and goofy and And what I really want to comment on, though, is the set. So it's a castle. Like me explaining it to you, like you're probably picturing a castle. Well, when you watch this episode, it really is just a fucking castle. It is decked out. Someone spent a lot of time on these sets and made them look super, super cool. Oh, yeah. Big, giant, giant wooden door. There's that big, huge, elaborate staircase that is... It's just right out of any Dracula movie that you've ever seen. And, you know, the the trick spinning wall, I love that too. It's just got a nice gothic flair that uh, mm-hmm. it kind of really, really sells the whole shtick. One of my favorite parts here, and I'll end it here, the Von Winslows are trying to drug Urkel with a chalice of wine. And they play that like two glass bit where one of them has poison in it. So every couple of seconds, they're kind of like distracting each other and they'll switch it out really quick. And there's a one point where Urkel like switches it like four times in a row and he himself like probably forgets which one it's in. It's really, really it's a funny. Great visual gag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Great, great visual comedy. And uh, I will say, I, I love that he said, didst I do that? <laughs> And I don't want to spoil anything for anyone else that hasn't seen it yet. I'm sure most of you have seen it, but if you haven't, get a subscription to HBO Max and watch it there. You're in for a big surprise and you're in for a shock when the Queen of Fright I'm Beaver Cleaver has her big night. Roseanne's all-new Halloween special. All right, Grammy, are you ready to hear me be a basic bitch? Yeah, I just got done being one. You might as well be one, too. Well, see, that's funny because I I have something to admit. I've never actually really watched family matters aside from 
a handful of episodes. So okay, uh, and I, I know that I'm in the minority on that, but uh, I think everybody has seen most, if not all, of the Halloween episodes of the show I'm about to bring up. That is, of course, Roseanne. Absolutely. How could you not? You couldn't miss out on a Halloween episode of Roseanne. They did some of the best ones, in my opinion. Of course, of course. And uh, before I go any further, I know that you do a really, really great Roseanne impression. So so let it, let us hear it. Uh, come on. Hey, kids, I'm Roseanne. Roseanne? <laughs> Roseanne. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yes, yeah, so I picked the season four <laughs> episode six, Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down from 1991. I mean, come on, wasn't that, that was good, right? <laughs> we'll talk later. So Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down. Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down. Uh, I don't know. Like what you said before, you did that amazing impression is there's not really a bad Roseanne Halloween episode. Like, they're they're all really pretty good. Like, it's like pizza. Like, it's all good, but when it's good, it's amazing. And that's how I feel about the Trick Me Up, Trick Me Down episode. So this is the episode, just quickly, for anybody who might have seen it before, where Dan and Roseanne are doing the ventriloquist bit. Um, at the little local Halloween party. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But there's some stuff that I want to talk about first. Namely, the day of the week that we should be watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, everyone, Tuesday's taco night. Thursday is Tales from the Far Side. That's right. So you said uh, Family Matters. That was a TGIF show. I don't think Roseanne was a Friday show, but it really should have been. Like, yeah, I really think that your Family Matters episode and any Roseanne Halloween episode are a perfect Friday night watch. Like, you're so stoked for the weekend to start. You're a little more jazzed up, a little more amped because you don't really have to go to bed at the same time. You go to go to bed a little bit later. Uh, and, and I don't know. To me, Roseanne is sort of like the pub food of a TV show, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, for me, if I'm going to pair anything with a with an episode of Roseanne, it's like I'm going to go out, I'm going to get a Big Mac, and I'm going to get like a light beer, like a Coors Light, not a Bud Light. Fuck that. Nobody wants a Bud Light. Like a nice Coors Light or like a Miller High Life and just sit down and enjoy the shit <laughs> out of this Roseanne episode on a Friday night. So what you're saying is that like little intro in the beginning where they're playing cards and it's just like all white trash. <laughs> yes, exactly. I but love like in that the best aesthetic. way. Yeah, me too. Yes, I do too. Yes. When I when I sit down to watch this episode, I want to be eating something that would be on that table. Okay, yeah. as we're spinning around, you know. Legitimately, this used to be my table when we were kids. Like this was exactly what our table looked like. I'm owning it. I don't give a shit. Own right up to it. <laughs> Well, see, that's that's the kind of the beauty of Roseanne is like how how like blue collar it was, right? Like right. almost everybody watching the show could identify with it in some way, shape, or form. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like Friends where it's glorifying these like six attractive twenty somethings who live in apartments that they'd never be able to afford in real life and just right. like getting to do all these amazing things. It's just like, nah, we live in a, in a shitty little house and we have too many kids that we can't afford and we can't really eat great food, but we have a lot of it. So just sit down, shut up and have a good time. Yeah. One of the kids is always fucking around and she might get pregnant and I'm probably going to have to kill her. You know, typical <laughs> white people stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of uh, fucking around, <laughs> Dan and Roseanne love to play their pranks. Uh, oh, yeah. This whole episode starts off with their neighbor, Kathy, who kind of lets herself into Roseanne's house because she hears a scream. So yeah. she's going to investigate what the scream is. And nobody's responding. She's calling out for everybody. She walks into the kitchen and Kathy finds Dan dead on the kitchen table. I did air quotes for you, yeah. uh, all of you who right, are listening right. at home. <laughs> and and not just dead, like his entrails are just like popping out of his stomach. And yes, I just his, really his... <laughs> love the details. Yes, they're now out trails, I think is what you're out trails. Yeah. yeah, out trails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, 
Dan sitting there with his guts all spilled all over the table. Kathy's freaking out. Roseanne comes up behind her and scares her again because she's covered in blood and she's holding a butcher's knife. And Roseanne's like, oh, now I have to kill you too because you're going to tell. And Kathy's like, I would never tell. And she's so caught up with Roseanne that Dan comes up from behind her again with his guts hanging out of him. And he scares the shit out of Kathy. So that kind of starts a whole thing in the episode where they're sort of trying to have a prank war and Kathy's pissed at Roseanne yeah. and things aren't quite normal until the end when they have to have Kathy get back at Roseanne to sort of settle the score. Yeah. Um, and to, to scare Kathy, by the way, really quick, I believe Fred Flintstone hands her his, uh, his, his liver. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Too good. So what did you think about all like the blood and guts and stuff in this? Like pretty over the top. Pretty over the top, surprising because it was like such a family show. But that was the weird thing about Roseanne. Like it was a family show, but yeah. it wasn't a family show at the same time. Yep. You know, um, costumes as always. Everybody is excellent in their costumes, so they don't really announce them the way that Family Matters did. Um, my favorite in this episode is DJ. They dress him up as Alfalfa. And, of course, he has no idea who the hell Alfalfa is because at this point, I don't believe there's been a Little Rascals movie, so it really hasn't reentered the mainstream for these kids yet. Yeah. So they're working off of this 50-year-old show that they would have never watched or never cared about. And at the time of this, I think T2 had just come out. So, of course, DJ wants to be a Terminator and not Alfalfa. So his solution is to leave the room and then come back in with a giant fucking gun and some glasses on it over his alfalfa costume. And they make the joke that he's the alfalfa nader. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think that that would be an A-plus costume for anybody and everybody to wear this year. Right. But before that, they do kind of try to convince him to believing that alfalfas kill Terminators and that his little, little hair that sticks up is actually an antenna that pinpoints uh wherever they're hiding i guess pretty clever that is pretty clever Roseanne. that is true that is true i what i wouldn't give to see a robocop versus alfalfinator movie or at least comic spinoff uh, a couple more things that i noticed jackie is always in the house she's always in every episode they're either helping out or just hanging around to being a bother in this particular episode she's there uh to scoop guts out of the pumpkin, that you can <laughs> I scoop guess. the guts out of my pumpkin here. I gotta go get more <laughs> more tubing for your costume. Um, and the thing I noticed, so she's wearing a sweater that is very reminiscent of the sweater that Chucky wears all the time underneath his overalls. Did you notice this? I didn't catch that, but now that you're saying that, yeah, I I don't know why I didn't notice that. Crazy. It's striped and multicolored, and that's yeah. just where my brain went. So it might just be a coincidence, but it also might have been a and little bit of a nod. Knowing Roseanne, it was probably a nod. And then the other thing that I noticed is, yes, she's scooping the guts out of the <laughs> pumpkin. But let me let me ask you a question. When you cut into a pumpkin, you do the lid first, obviously. Sure. When you scoop the guts off the lid, Grimy, are you scooping the guts off the lid and into your gut pile is that what's starting your gut pile off to the side or are you scooping those guts into the pumpkin let's just say i do it a million other ways and not the way jackie does it (laughs) yes yes i think that everybody in this earth uh (laughs) has done it the other way normally you take the guts and scoop them off and into your pile or whatever for whatever reason it pissed me off she scoops them from the lid back into the pumpkin to put the lid down to scoop the guts out of the pumpkin. Yeah. What the fuck was she doing? <laughs> it was very, very strange. And it wasn't like she paused and stopped. It was like she scooped him in and then scooped him right back out. Right back weird. out. <laughs> yeah. So the main uh, bit of this episode I mentioned earlier, they're at a Halloween party. And as usual, Roseanne and Dan, they're going over the top with their costume, and they decide that they're even going to do a little performance to go along with their costume so that they can win the costume contest, which I think they mentioned is like a $50 gift card as the grand prize. (laughs) They're like, we really need this. We can't feed our kids. (laughs) They're dressed up as the ventriloquist and a ventriloquist dummy uh, named Dedgar Bergen and Mortuary Snurd. And I had to look this up, Grimy. Because you and I both had no idea what the fuck that no was clue. referencing. No clue. So it turns out that Dedger Bergen is referencing 
Edward Bergen, and Mortuary Snurd is referencing Mortimer Snurd. This was a ventriloquist act that dated all the way back to the 1930s. Uh, so no wonder that we haven't actually heard about this. Right, it's right. way, way, way before our time. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people had no idea where they were going with this one. But they do look pretty incredible. I love the play on words. Uh, Dan is obviously deadger, so he's he's dead. He's a cadaver, and like they play that up pretty good in his costume. He's like painted pasty white like he's actually dead. When they roll curtains open, he's just like kind of just hanging there uh, it's really really funny but it's awesome it is awesome it's, awesome. it's yep. a really great bit it's a great costume it's super memorable and yeah. uh, my favorite part of it is they do that old ventriloquist bit where the ventriloquist is supposedly taking a drink of water as the yeah. puppet is talking and it's supposed to astound everybody well they play on that where dan takes a drink of water and for whatever reason as he's drinking the water the water comes pouring out in like a million different holes out yeah. of roseanne's chest as the big finale of the uh, yeah. of of the episode so really love this one uh, like i said they're all good. This is one of my favorites. If you can only watch one episode of Roseanne this Halloween, make it trick me up, trick me down. Season 4, episode 6 from 1991. Grimy, I think you said this is available over on Peacock. This is available over on, yeah, I guess Peacock if you have a subscription to it. But, uh, yeah, your best bet is just to buy the DVDs because there's so many other good Halloween episodes. You might as well just get the whole the whole series. You don't even need the whole series. There's like a, a Halloween DVD specifically. So if you just want the Roseanne Halloween episodes, it's on Amazon. All right, Derek, we are taking a trip back to classic Nickelodeon with The Adventures of Pete and Pete, episode Halloweeny. It is episode 7 from season 2, and it aired October 9th, 1994. I just want to start off saying that I, to the fucking, love The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, it's a super good show, and I feel like it still really holds up today, minus like cell phones and all that great technology we have. I remember thinking back when I was a kid that this was kind of a lame show, mainly because it wasn't a cartoon, and anything that wasn't a cartoon didn't catch my attention. But when I saw, I saw, I think, Nightcrawler, that was the episode where they uh, stayed up for 11 days or something like that, and whoever lasted beat the world record for staying up. I'm so glad that you brought that up, because that was actually my first observation last night. That's like the biggest note that I took away mm -hmm. after watching this episode is spoiler alert i've never actually seen the adventures of pete and pete this is the first right. episode i've ever watched of this show and the first thing that popped into my head was man this show would have bored the hell out of me when i was a kid like right. i would not have been able to sit through this if if you paid me a hundred dollars like just wouldn't have happened but as an adult the show is just super charming oh, and just so good like the childhood I wished I had, you know, with a brother yep. that I never had that I, I like the ideal big brother almost. And oh yeah, absolutely. The neighborhood that they went trick or treating in is like the mm -hmm. ideal trick or treating neighborhood. It's just like the ideal childhood it that is. we all think that we had. Yeah. Uh, at least this one episode. So I'm, I'm assuming the rest of the episodes are like oh. that too. Basically every episode, it's it's very very similar to this one here. Uh, all has, you know, little Pete's always trying to break some kind of record to do something super crazy. Older Pete is always battling with himself and his like coming of age and also being a good brother to his little brother. In this episode, little Pete decides to enter the ranks of history by breaking the record for most houses visited on Halloween night and tries to enlist the help of Big Pete. So Big Pete, as usual, is torn between his loyalty to his brother and the coming of age and abandonment of the childhood ritual of trick-or-treating. 
as I said before, this is typical subject matter for Pete and Pete. It's always his brother having to choose between being a big kid and helping his little brother. Little Pete wants to break the record. His friend Nona, who's played by the little girl who played Harriet the Spy. I have no fucking clue what her name is, but she's in there. She was originally supposed to help him first. And there's this group of Halloween terrorizers called the Pumpkin Eaters that kind of terrorize the neighborhood nearing Halloween. Um, her dad, played by Iggy Pop. Shout out to Iggy Pop. I know he's listening. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> if he's not, I'll be totally and completely shocked. Seriously, like, what the fuck, Iggy? He'd be there for us. Um, so, yeah, Iggy, he pulls the plans straight from underneath her feet. She's not going trick-or-treating. So now Big Pete feels kind of bad. He has to help his little brother, and he just decides to go through with it. He risks being a Halloweeny, which isn't a good thing if you haven't gathered that by now. Uh, there's a kid named Ned Richmond who is about the same age as Big Pete. Uh, the pumpkin eaters caught him the previous year. And they strung him up upside down from a tree. They painted Halloween on his clothes. And now they claim that nobody wants to be around him, not even in the yearbook. And it cuts to the scene where there's a yearbook and it's just like his picture on a blank page and the book slams shut. So you don't want to be a Halloweeny. Now, the pumpkin eaters, I can't stress this enough. They are fucking sick. I... I want to be a pumpkin eater. Like, I don't hate Halloween, but I want to be part of this group. And I could just picture, like, Devil's Night. The night before Halloween, just like going out and terrorizing the neighborhood with a fucking a jack-o'-lantern on my head. Epic. Oh, yeah. Total total Dwight style. Just They all yeah. have carved jack-o'-lanterns on their head. There's one of them that has horns, and that kid has like, <laughs> the coolest pumpkin ever. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, you, you know what vibes I got from, the, uh, from this group here is the same vibes like when you brought up – I think it was from Batman and Robin, the movie – Okay. That gang. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Oh, the fucking – the golems? Yeah, the golems. <laughs> like I just feel like these kids go on to be the golems. You the golems. I mean? <laughs> you know what? That's also – Is that a fan theory? A, yeah, that's a fan theory. Not the <laughs> true fact of the day. That, <laughs> that same yes. people. Same, same people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had such an attraction to those guys when we were talking about that Batman and Rob movie. You were like, oh, my God. Those yeah. guys are so sick. And you're having yep. the same reaction to these you're Halloween right. kids. So I'm like, wow, it just seems like a natural progression. You just want to be in a gang. You're right. You're right. It's it's just, you know, someone to belong to, some a group to belong to. And I just. Yeah, but they got to have style, though. Exactly. Yeah. They can't be no chumps. Like, they have to either be pumpkin headed or they have to look like ICP, apparently. Or they got to be, or they got to be wearing Lee Pipes, you know? Yeah. Lee Pipes. Yeah. That fucking, them people that ripped off the Tech Deck logo. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the pumpkin eaters, they're fucking awesome. A group of four teenagers, they ride bikes, they have jack o' lanterns on their heads, and they terrorize the neighborhood and smash pumpkins and humiliate anyone for trick or treating. On top of all that, this episode just screams Halloween. Uh, it's typical fashion for Pete and the, the people who uh, were behind the adventures of Pete and Pete to do them up really, really big and make them extremely accurate for the season. Now, I believe this episode was filmed in July, June or July, so like summer. Yeah. Somehow they managed to make it look like fall. They have There's fall leaves everywhere. There's fall foliage. There's corn stalks. There's pumpkins. They had to have spent a fortune on pumpkins because in every fucking shot, there is a pumpkin being smashed or a pumpkin being carved. Pumpkins everywhere, dude. There's just this one old guy in town who just stuffs his chest freezer full of pumpkins at the end of yeah. every season, yeah. waiting for this moment so that when somebody finds out about it and they need to shoot a, ho a Halloween episode, he's like, oh, I got your pumpkins. $300 a piece. <laughs> you will pay it. <laughs> so that brings me to my one of my favorite little snippets of this episode. You can see the family. They're getting into the Halloween spirit and carving pumpkins. Little Pete, unlike Jackie, carves his pumpkin with a chainsaw and then sucks the guts out with a fucking vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. Genius. Brilliant. I was right. astounded and... 
amazed when I saw this and I said, wow, I wonder if that would work. I might just buy a shop vac to try that on my own so I don't have to touch pumpkin guts ever again. Do it. Do it for YouTube. Oh, oh, oh. Do it we should. hilarious. Do it for the vine. <laughs> Do it for the views, my bro. For the views. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's got all that good Nickelodeon humor that we all know and love. It's a truly great episode. If you haven't watched it before, watch it. If you've watched it before, watch it again, as I always say. Uh, there's kind of a low-res version of it right now sitting on YouTube. Uh, there's a couple of versions, actually, and there's one that I think there's commentary from both Mike Morona and Dan Tamborelli and the two dudes behind Pete and Pete. It was, which is a great watch. I love hearing what they have to say about each scene by scene. It's really, really awesome. So if you haven't seen that before, watch it immediately on YouTube. Find it. Find it now. Two more things I want to mention Go really, ahead. really quick before we move on to the next thing. Okay. Number one, Lil Pete just be pissing in his costume, just pissing yeah. in his spacesuit so, and commend re- that. Really, really funny thing. I don't know if you watched the commentary for that one. No, I didn't. So they didn't put the sound of pee going on in the episode they weren't allowed to they were allowed having that shot but they couldn't put the sound of it and they were really disappointed they go on saying that in the commentary it's fucking hilarious hashtag release the piss cut (laughs) (laughs) oh man Nickelodeon if you're listening out there release the piss cut release the piss cut (laughs) it's like the Snyder cut but way better (laughs) But more yellow. <laughs> and the other thing I just want to quickly, quickly mention, because it sort of popped into my head while I was watching this. They mention that a good majority of this takes place on Devil's Night. Yes. And so does The Crow. And I like to think that as Halloween is playing out, so are the events of the first Crow. Fire it up! Fire <laughs> it up! Fire it up! <laughs> And, and maybe one of these kids is just an illegitimate child of the fire it up guy, you know? Maybe, maybe. It's like sitting in his parents' basement swallowing bullets with tequila. No! <laughs> <laughs> it's not a stein! <laughs> a bucket, I'm scared! <laughs> Hey, Derek. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, that, that sounded more like a dead walrus. <laughs> one more. Give me one more. <laughs> you want one more for me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my best. What do you call Give that? it your all. Give it your all. Give it your best up. A rug. A rug. A rug. All right, so if you haven't figured it out by now, after all of that arruging, uh, <laughs> my last pick of the night is a Home Improvement Halloween episode, and um, I don't think Home Improvement gets enough love and recognition in the realm of holiday episodes that other shows like Roseanne or you know like Friends or something like that gets, uh, and it's too bad because. Their Christmas episodes are great, uh, and their Halloween episodes are excellent. Truly, I feel like they used to, but maybe not so much anymore. I don't. I'm not sure why. Yeah, it's a shame too. So, uh, my recommendation this episode is going to be season two, episode six from 1992, "The Haunting of Taylor House." So, before I get into it, we're gonna do the whole uh, "What day of the week are we watching this?" Okay. For me, I don't know why this is, but Home Improvement always, regardless of the theme of the episode, feels like a rainy Saturday afternoon show to me. Do you get those vibes at all? Yeah, I I could see that. Yeah. It's kind of ironic because when I watched it uh, in preparation for this episode, it was a rainy Saturday afternoon. So (laughs) perfect. I mean, it just worked out. You know, it just worked out. You got your popcorn going. You got your... Whatever the fuck you're drinking, pumpkin ale. <laughs> it's raining. I, I've got my Red Bull spiked shipyard pumpkin Ooh. head ale. 
ship. <laughs> 90 minute. So the thing that I love about all of these 90s Halloween specials is, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I, I lived for getting catalogs in the mail, like specifically oriental trading. Sometimes I would get uh, like Halloween costume and mask catalogs that would just show me props and things and it was always stuff that was way 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 too expensive like stuff that we'd never be able to afford right and these 90s halloween specials are just littered with these super high-end expensive masks and costumes and props and sometimes even animatronics and home improvement seems to be the one that really went all out with buying these things that i i'd never be able to see in in real life yeah yeah, I I can agree with that, and the the opening of this episode in particular, I mean, it flaunts all of it. it. They don't hold back at all. Oh, absolutely! It starts obviously on tool time, and mm. uh, Tim is trying to scare Al, and he comes out in these oversized I don't know what they are goblin gloves and like yeah. this giant ass goblin mask that yeah. he's got yeah. on. And that's what I mean. Something like that back in the day, I I wouldn't have ever known anybody who actually owned that because it was just probably a little too out of everybody's price range. So these episodes sort of act like a little bit of a time capsule for all of this this stuff that uh, probably doesn't exist anymore because it's probably kind of rotted away. Yeah. This episode, holy fuck, the beginning is all over the place. First he's like, they're making a brick wall, pauses... And he goes off and puts his goblin hat or his goblin mask and his, his hands on. Then he comes over and tries to scare Al, which doesn't really work. Then they're carving pumpkins, I believe. With more power! Right, yeah. The typical, uh, his, his catchphrase in his show in the beginning of every episode. More power! And how does he decide to go about this one? Let me tell you. He pre-scores the pumpkin so that there is sort of a face there. And then decides to basically blow the pumpkin up. Yeah, he pumps it full of natural gas and blows it up with a like a detonator. Yeah, and poor Al, as usual, ducks for cover and somehow still gets his face completely covered with pumpkin guts. Yeah. If Tim had just, you know, done the Pete and Pete thing and got out the shop vac with more power, he could have sucked those guts out and there wouldn't have been an issue to begin with. <laughs> so now we have to rate between the three shows who did it best. And who did it worst? Who did it worst was Jackie. I don't know what the fuck Jackie was deciding to do there, but, you know. Stupid Jackie. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But, uh, hmm, this is tough. I I think I'm going to have to give it to young Pete just for the ingenuity. Because, I mean, Tim is doing something completely impractical by blowing it up. He's already done all the work by scoring it. You might as well just cut the eyes out at that point. Yeah, totally. Pete, uh, he has a way with things. He's always thinking ahead. He just he knows what he's doing, man. He's always got he's always got a scheme. He's got a plan. But anyways, they're throwing a Halloween party for Brad, the oldest son, right? And his class, so he's having friends over. But Brad is dressed up like a real doofus in his Raggedy Andy costume because he's banking on his girlfriend to come showing up as Raggedy Ann because she's talked him into dressing up like this. So the girl comes to the party, but not to be Raggedy Ann. She's with someone else. Did you see who the someone else was by chance? Uh, He looked familiar. Fill me in. Who is he? He's from a show called Boy Meets World. It is Sean Hunter. It is a, a very young Sean Hunter. Yeah, he's playing an absolute shithead in this episode. He is. I don't even know what he's supposed to be dressed up as with, uh, you know, along with Brad's ex-girlfriend or girlfriend, however you want to look at it. Yeah, in between her. Trashy biker couple. Like, he's in a leather jacket, and she's kind of, I I hate to say it, but she's kind of dressed up like a hussy. And I'm like. This feels wrong. Why are kids dressed up like this? Number one. Number two, why did these kids' parents let them out of the house dressed up like this? <laughs> They're like 10. Yeah, I can't remember ever dressing up as like a, a slaggy biker dude. It's always been <laughs> like a ninja or, you know, Dollar General Jason. Dollar General Jason, that's right. <laughs> so the whole episode is about how 
Brad's butthurt because his girlfriend's mad at him and the party's going south. But that's kind of all the boring part of the episode. Like, that's the part I don't care about. The part that I care about, and I know it's the part that you care about, Grimy, is that Tim and Al put a lot of time into making a haunted house in the basement for this party for all of these kids. And my God, the amount of work that they put Mm -hmm. into this... Uh, every kid dreams that their dad would build something like this for them, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's epic. It's fucking the, the lighting, everything about it. There's like fog. There's immense fog throughout the entire thing. It is super fucking cool. And it starts the moment you walk into the basement door. Mm-hmm. So all the kids, they round them up. They go downstairs to experience the haunted basement. And uh, again, as we mentioned, Hunter there. He's yeah. he's being a real a real dickhead. So Tim makes sure that he takes that kid through first, and that he gets all the good scares. And uh, and as as expected, he's going, oh, that's not scary. Oh, I know how you did this. Eh. And uh, I I should also mention, Tim is dressed up as Nana Stein, Nana Stein. which is basically <laughs> just a grandmother Frankenstein. Yeah, totally. I don't. I don't really understand the costume, but I love it. It's yeah, great. I guess he's doing like the the Miss Nesbit voice for it, basically. But like, oh my god, he's kind totally of more raspy. Doing Miss Nesbit. Oh yeah, my absolutely. god, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's dressed up as a Frankenstein grandma, and he's trying to scare this kid, and it's not working, and it's not working. And eventually, the last big scare, he brings this kid over to his tool chest, and he pulls the top of the tool chest off, and as he does that. Al's disembodied head is under it and ends up really scaring the shit out of the kid. And he goes running out of the basement and it is the best payoff. It feels so good when you see a little kid just get scared when he's being completely insufferable. I loved it. Absolutely. And you really feel for Brad in this episode. So he got what he deserved. Fuck that little kid. Hell yeah. But anyways, there's two parts I really, really enjoy, or two things, I guess. There's a part in the beginning before the party, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is leaving to go trick-or-treating. Tim checks his bag, and he finds eggs, shaving cream, and toilet paper, and he claims that his friend's mom didn't have time to pick stuff up and asked them to do it. (laughs) So naturally, Tim takes all of it. Thought that was really funny. And the other thing I really, really love is... Um, what the hell is the mom's name? Is it Jill? Jill. Jill. Um, the banter between Jill and this little kid dressed dressed up as an Adam. I think his name's Curtis. Curtis. Just like the yeah. comments, the 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 uh, constant quips back and forth between them are great. So there's a part where he's like, he compliments Mrs. Taylor's costume. It says, "Nice costume." Can't even see how fat you are underneath there, or something like that. <laughs> Dude. I, I kid you not, I could watch a whole spinoff show of Jill and Curtis. They're Jill so good. Cur- yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, there's another part where Brad runs off. His girlfriend, you know, obviously kind of hurt his feelings. And he starts running away. And Curtis asks, why would Brad run off? Miss Taylor says, well, maybe it was he was embarrassed about his costume. And he says, well, when are you going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Two of my favorite little little pieces there. So, yeah. Uh, Home Improvement, The Haunting of Taylor House. Definitely need to check this one out for the remainder of your Halloween season. Season 2, Episode 6. It's on Hulu. Everybody has Hulu. Go check it out. Okay, last pick of the night. We are venturing again back to some good old Nickelodeon territory from 1991. This is Rugrats episode Candy Bar Creep Show from Season 1, Episode 9. I love that they did a Halloween episode in the first season. That's something I know that the Simpsons, they had their Christmas special, the first episode. That was a big thing, mainly because they didn't think they were going to be doing more, I think. Um, I don't know any other uh, 
IPs, I guess, that really did like a holiday thing within the first season. I feel like they kind of saved that for season two, most of them. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it usually makes sense because you're you're just trying to build up the the characters and, and like the, the world, and, stuff. and yeah. yeah, and get everybody acquainted with what you're doing. So to to do a holiday episode is really kind of bold most times because that's a chance that you're not getting to sort of show who the characters are. But that's kind of the beauty about Rugrats is. The holiday works because you get to see how these characters would react during this Absolutely. holiday. Yep. And it really actually helps to build up who they are. Like there's some really great character development in this episode for Didi, for Stu, and really for his brother. Yeah, totally. So this is on Paramount Plus. I'm going to say right away. You can watch it there. Uh, this is the Paramount Plus description. The Pickles build a haunted house for Halloween, and the Rugrats sneak in. That's it. That's that's all that I happens. I mean, it's... <laughs> I hate to say... I, I, you know, it's simplistic, but yeah, it's very simplistic. not wrong. Right. So, to go in a little uh, in-depth here, the Pickles, they are building a Halloween haunted house. Uh, the Pickles being Stu, his brother, Dee Dee, and the grandparent, Grandpa... The babies notice that the adults are acting kind of weird. They're putting on costumes and acting differently, talking differently. They they pick this all up. Random tidbit here. I love how when Dee Dee, like, she's a vampire, so she puts in these fake plastic teeth. I love that they go the extra mile and they make her voice sound all muffled, like she actually has plastic teeth inside her mouth. Epic. I think she actually did. Like, there's no way that you emulate that without actually acting with plastic teeth in your mouth. I I appreciate the dedication to the role. Yeah, dedication. So, Angelica, the baby's cousin, comes along and explains in her own way how this is all part of Halloween, as she calls it. Uh, She gets talking about the haunted house and how when she walks through it, she'll get the coolest fucking candy bar on the block, the Reptar Bar. Oh, yes, the Reptar Bar. And she goes on to sing the entire uh, Reptar Bar theme song. And oh, it's so good. I mean, it's good, but she does a terrible job at it. I Okay, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> a little salty about Angelica. Like, I, I, the older I get, and especially after rewatching this episode... I'm starting to realize how much I fucking hate Angelica. <laughs> like, yeah. she is she's, the most hateable kid character I think I've ever seen. She's a bitch, man. She's a straight up bitch. Oh, she's she calling is. She it how sucks. it is. Yeah, she does. Uh, random fact, I guess this is the only episode where Angelica is pictured wearing a diaper. I didn't even notice that. That's very interesting. Yeah, super weird. But anyway... um. We had an episode from Halloween last year, I want to say, about things we wish existed. I'm officially ruining Reptar Bars for part two because, man, these things are fucking amazing. Um, I know that they had some from FYE that they did. uh, I think they did one for Christmas. They did just a couple of random ones. They're not anything like the Reptar Bar that we see here in this episode, so... What does a Reptar bar actually look like? According to the snack's advertising jingle, it contains chocolate and nuts and caramel and stuff that turns your tongue green. And best of all, it's shaped exactly like fucking Reptar. Mm -hmm. That's important because, yes, he was sort of not carved, but uh, imprinted on the ones at FYE. It's just not the same when it's a square bar, man. Yeah. And it's just like... The bar is there, and then they have, like, the the wrapper, the foil wrapper on it. It looks like you can kind of tell. And it's just a picture of Reptar. There's no words or anything. It's like one of them them cheap candies that you get for trick-or-treat. And that, I feel like, really resonates with me a lot on this one. Like, I don't know. I want a cool Reptar bar. You're going to have to make one. Make one for me and for you. I'll do it. I'll do it. Mostly for me. So basically, yeah, the babies, they're all about this whole thing, Halloween. And so, yeah, they decide to sneak up into this haunted house some way. First, they start screaming because they think that's all it takes. They're in their crib and they start screaming, yelling as loud as they can. And the parents come in, they notice it, and they're like, oh, well, this trick-or-treaters must have scared them. So we're going to close the blinds. 
so they can't see nothing out there. So they have to sneak out of this crib and go into this haunted house and scream in there, they think, which they do manage to do. They get in there, and as they get in there, it, like, kind of fucks with the parents a little bit, mainly, like, the grandpa and Angelica and her, like, little trick-or-treater friends that are around there. So, like... I think Chucky gets stuck inside of the, the zombie mask and is walking around. Just looks like the the mask itself is walking around. Phil and Lil, you can see them playing with these uh, spaghetti worms that Drew cooked up. And they have them like throughout their hair and it looks like they're zombies in these like clowny looking goofy mirrors that are up against the walls and stuff. And it like yeah, trips yeah. all the family members out. So towards the end of the episode, none of them will walk in there and there's a lot of banter there. But the kids do get their fucking... Reptar bars, man. That's that's the best part. The best. That's the payoff. That's exactly it. They get exactly what they set out to get. Those reptar bars. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't have too many notes on this episode, mainly because one, it's eleven minutes long. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very a simple short. episode. It's a short more than anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, but man, I I love it. It's so good. It's just classic Rugrats. I don't go back to Rugrats as much as I should because I think if I'm rewatching anything Rugrats, it's usually one of the movies. And the show, I was really enjoying it, you know, even though it's just this little 10 minute thing. Um, yeah. I love how crude the animation oh, style man. is. That I was just going to mention that. It's almost got like an Ed, Ed, and Eddie vibe to it, how it's like super crude and you could tell they like kind of just I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it was just it ended up that way but like there's a lot of imperfections and like the kids are weird shaped in certain clips of the the cartoon but it it has its charm you know that classy classy chupo is that what they're called that really <laughs> early yeah yeah really early <laughs> I, design by them it's just it's very very uh very beautiful in its own way yeah yeah, you can tell that they were just starting out because it was, you know, the first Nicktoon ever. So they probably didn't have a lot of standards and they probably didn't have a lot of experience. So just kind of like bootstrapping it and just getting it done. But I, I really love how it looks. Um, definitely more rough than some of the later Klasky Chupo uh, animations, such as the Adventures in Mer- Ronald McDonald Land Scared Silly. Uh, <laughs> oh, <and> look. <laughs> it's <laughs> weird how we circled back to that one. <laughs> But it's not so weird because it's Derek. This is all Derek watches. He goes home. He has the, the timer set. He's got his oh, dinner. That's true. Turns on McDonald's Land. I never stop oh, watching yeah. it. I'm in. I'm in hell. I'm yeah. in hell. So yeah, Rugrats Candy Bar Creep Show. Check it out on Paramount Plus. You'll love it. So this has been our Halloween specials show. We would like to thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure so far this Halloween season. We do have one more episode coming up very, very soon to kind of put a bow on the season. And I think you guys are all going to enjoy it very, very much. Yeah, if you guys love the adventures of Ronald McDonald and Scared Silly, <laughs> you are going to love what's coming up. A whole episode where I do a commentary on it. And Grimy is tied up in the corner and duct tape on his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds like Dee Dee when she puts uh, vampire fangs in her mouth, but worse. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for tuning in. No. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it, we're going to be trying something a tiny bit new with this one. I think you're really, really going to like it. So be sure to check it out when it does come out because it helps us out just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this, I just want to say there are still some Halloween fun packs left. You can find that over on our website, leftoverpizzaclub.com. And I've dropped a link a few other places too like our Twitter at Leftover Pizza Club and over on our Instagram at Leftover Pizza Podcast. Hey, if you're not following us over on the social media, you should probably do that because Grimy works really, really hard and takes some really, really beautiful pictures and it's really good and really nostalgic. And please, please, that's that's all I'm going to say. Please, please, <laughs> just please. <laughs> Yeah, no, we both do pour our hearts out on Instagram quite often and most of our social media accounts. So if you're, you know, bored and you found us somehow, check it out. 
I think you'll dig it. We both think you'll dig it. Other than that, I would say whatever platform you're listening to us on, make sure you give us a rate. That helps us out a lot. Make sure you are subscribed. All this stuff does just help out a little tiny bit and uh, a little goes a long way. Helps us create more shows, lets us know that you enjoy what we're doing. And if you want to talk with us a little bit more in depth, uh, other than on social media, you can join our Facebook group, the Leftover Pizza Club, right over on Facebook. You can find it on the website. Uh, there's links there. There's links on our social media. Or if you're on Facebook, just search it up, Leftover Pizza Club. We'd love to have you. And if you join, yes, we are still giving away free stickers. So just send me a message on there, and you will get a free sticker just for joining. Hell yeah. And with that, I am Grimy. And I am Ronald McDonald from Scared Silly. And I just <laughs> one last time want to reiterate. Hashtag release the piss cut. On Twitter, I want to see people tweeting out this hashtag. Release the piss cut. We want it. The Tamborelli boy wants it. Everybody wants the piss cut. So Nickelodeon, if you're listening, dear God, hashtag release the piss cut. Release the piss cut.